0: Good morning and welcome back to Driving Theology, this is Mike and we are already toward the end of June, it's about June 26th I think, 26th or 27th, yeah maybe 26th and uh, yeah I just got back from about two and a half weeks um, in the States, had a family funeral I had to go to uh, and then we had a scheduled uh, 30 year anniversary celebration vacation. That three times fast. Uh, with my daughters in Hawaii, and so we all, we all went there for about ten days. But uh, yeah, the the funeral was uh, unexpected and sudden. Uh, brother-in-law of mine had a uh, tragic accident, um, and he passed away the same day as the accident, and it was very uh, very unexpected. He was about sixty-one years old, so. And we're going to miss you and uh, your um, wonderful cooking and and, uh, strength. Um, We'll see you again, brother. We'll see you again. Um, Yeah, they went to Hawaii, uh, where my daughters work and live. One of them returned with us because she's going to be going to the States uh, for college. She took a gap here. Uh, Erica's back with us here for a couple months before she heads to... Uh, Lindenwood University in my hometown of St. Charles, Missouri. Um, We should be going to that school. Uh, God willing, from the fall. And, uh, yeah, so we've been kind of busy, busy, busy. So I'm jet lagging a little bit. Um, It's about 925 here now. Um, But in Hawaii, it'd be five hours past that. So, yeah, it's been been kind of rough. So we flew from uh, Japan to St. Louis via Dallas, stayed there for about six days, and then flew back to Dallas and then St. Louis, uh, sorry, Dallas, and then uh, Tokyo, stayed one night, flew to Hawaii, stayed there about 10 days, and then flew back. And it's just been a uh, crazy, crazy couple of weeks, uh, with a lot of blessings and and great things have come with it as well. Spending time with family, uh, even in a tragic event, is still a blessing. Um, you get to see all kinds of people you haven't seen in a long time. Sorry, I'm going turn down a few noisemakers here. My fan is way too high. Sorry about that. Um, and, uh, yeah, so some crazy stuff's been going on. Yeah, so a lot of... uh got to see a lot of cousins and aunts and uncles that I hadn't seen in some of them 40 years, I'm sure. Uh, 30 at least. Um, so, yeah, it's been a crazy, crazy uh, couple of weeks. I've uh, been back for about three days now. And then, as soon as we got back, my uh, father-in-law, who stayed here in a nursing home while we were gone, uh, came down very sick, and he, he got a very high fever. And... Uh, presumably from a UTI, um, he's about 81 or 82 years old, he's been in poor Health, um, but so he, he had to be rushed to the hospital the same day my wife flew, and I flew in a day earlier, uh, but he was still in um, uh, still in care uh, at, the, at the nursing home, and was supposed to come back I think on Monday or Tuesday, I got in on Sunday, my wife and daughters were coming in on Monday, so anyway, My wife has had almost no rest since she got back because he had, he was rushed uh, to the hospital about bedtime on Monday night, the day she arrived from the hospital. So she had to go to the hospital, stay all night with him. And she's been at the hospital ever since. And this is Wednesday now. So it's just been uh, lots of good stuff, but lots of drama, sickness and death. And it's been a, it's been a very human three weeks for us. Half weeks even, Um, with uh, lots of life happening. I guess is the best way to put it. Um, But I kind of want to not talk about that today. I I saw a TED Talk video this morning that was super interesting. Uh, Very short, like many of them are. Um, Sip some coffee here. Uh, That talked about the nature of addiction. He said there was a an experiment that happened. I don't know, 100 years ago by psychologists and they put uh, rats in a cage uh, and they had the choice of drinking normal water or the choice of drink, drinking water laced with cocaine or, or opioids of some kind. And all of the rats, without exception, chose uh, the uh, heroin or cocaine laced water uh, and nearly 100% of them passed away from overdosing on it, and they just kept drinking and drinking and drinking it. Uh, and so, a lot of modern uh, philosophy and psychology has been based on that experiment, believing that that people are just basically depraved, and if they can get their hands on stuff that's addictive, they will, uh, when given the chance, that Know, certain people are just predisposed to addiction, I suppose. But uh, another experiment was done in the '70s, uh, where they looked at that experiment and said, "Yeah, but wait a minute—that that cage had nothing in it to do. It had it had nothing else in it but water, uh, either either drug-laced water or regular water. But the the rats were completely bored and had nothing to do. And so, what if we made?" Uh, the rat's cage, just a a rat's paradise, you know, had all kinds of food in it and things to do and mazes and made it bigger and, and interesting and gave them friends, you know, where they could hang out. What would happen? What, what would they choose to drink in that case? And what they found was that in the case uh, of a very interesting rat friendly uh, environment, they almost to the rat, hardly ever drink the drug-laced stuff. They almost never drank it because they had good relationships, they had stuff to do, they had food, uh, they were able to occupy their time, they were able to have, you know, make babies and and reproduce and do all the things that that rats like to do. And so, in those cases, they did not choose the uh, drug laced uh, water, and no one died from overdoses. None of the rats died of overdoses. The tragedy is that most. Modern psychology and, and especially, uh, addiction, uh, um, what do you call it? Philosophy, philosophy on addictions is based on the first experiment and ignores the second experiment. Uh, and so there, there have been some studies done with addiction where a, a, a person who is, uh, Sorry, sorry, sorry. A country has decided to base their um, addiction treatment centers based on the second experiment, uh, giving people lots of human interaction and things to do uh, and, and and giving them uh, a lot of, you know, make, making their life a, a human um, a heaven, if you will, you know, almost a, a perfect place for people to live. And in those, in those cases, people... Uh, largely stopped using drugs. They were able to cut, uh, I, w- I wanna say, a lot of the overdoses and things like this for, by 50%. And so we know that it works. The problem is, uh, for some reason, nothing's changing. We know that our our initial research was faulty, and yet uh, we've chosen not to change the way the way we do things all right for some reason we've chosen uh to continue uh to to uh, base our treatment addiction treatment on the first faulty data and experiments as opposed to the second uh and there have been a lot of consequences you know it just doesn't work it doesn't work there's no way to uh, no way to get people off of, uh, free from addiction while being trapped in their horrible lives. Uh, and so this got me to thinking, uh, that that's how sin works, right? I mean, I, I, I really believe that a lot of sin, uh, is just addiction, um, looked at from a different perspective, Right? I think, um, I'm pretty sure, that addiction plays a big part in, in almost all of the sins uh, that exist. And of course, the, the simplest definition of sin I've ever, ever found is when humans, uh, when people do things that are not uh, in conjunction with God's ideal uh, human behavior, what God made us to do. Right, or another way you could say it is doing things that God wouldn't do Himself. Right. Um, of course, that goes back down to you know who you think God is, and of course that's an important thing. And I've probably breached um, that subject ad nauseum at this point of who I think God is, anyway. Um, but yeah, so it just seemed really interesting to me that that addiction is caused from lack of connection, lack of human interaction and connection. And another way you could say that is relationships and love. And and, uh, that when people are deprived of relationships or love, uh, they tend to revert to addiction. (laughs) Uh, That human interaction and connection keeps us from addiction. Okay. Um, this is interesting to me. I mean, it's phenomenal. How come we're not, how come we're not basing our penal system on this, these ideas, right? Uh, of, of creating a better environment to help people break addiction instead of just, uh, penalizing them for being addicted to quote-unquote illegal substances, uh, we should be finding the best way to free them from that. Uh, And, you know, in a word, uh, I think think forgiveness is probably the start, the starting point. You know, where we say, okay, you're addicted, I'm here to help you, and that's going to start by me saying, you're forgiven for your addiction. Um, I don't hold it against you. It's not your fault. Uh, and I think there's some things that I can do to help you to break out of that addiction. And I'm going to do what I can uh, to do that. Um, and of course, this is easy to say, but very hard to do. Uh, addicts are not necessarily the best people to be around. Right? There's going to be some really tough roads ahead if you are going to commit to seeing an addict through their addiction to back to real human connection. Uh, and of course, a lot of this was, was, uh, talked about on this Ted talk. Um, uh, but it just makes a lot of sense because if you go back to the ancient Hebrew story of how sin entered the world through, uh, Adam and Eve, what you see there is that, uh, after they sinned, they lost connection, right? They lost connection. Now, the the initial sin, um, the initial sin, was caused by suspicion, right, uh, and and maybe some some sort of uh, just desire, right, a desire to have something uh, that they were uh, told they couldn't have, right. Um, but what that sin caused was uh, separation, separation, loss of, of relationship between man and God, right? And God, what God calls this is, is uh, something akin to uh, spiritual death, right? He says, on the day that you eat this fruit, you will surely die. And so death uh, is separation from God. Right? That's, it, it's very real, I think, in God's eyes um, that, that death is separation. And death is, is um, described as the ultimate enemy of God in the New Testament. and that Jesus came to earth to defeat sin and death, uh, which he achieved on the cross. This is because death, a.k.a. separation from God, is the ultimate enemy to God doesn't want separation. He wants connection. He's all about connection, relationship. Uh, and and when that is broken, uh, that is not something that God uh, desires to happen. Um, and so this, it just all makes a lot of sense. You know, I, I think we could have found a uh, what the rats told, told us probably in the scriptures had we known what to look for. Uh, but, I, but I think we know this instinctively to be true that, uh, you know, if, if you suffer from some kind of addiction, uh, do you do it when your relationships are great and you're around a lot of people and you have a lot of human interaction? Or are you more likely to delve into those things when you're alone, when, when connections are broken, when your relationships are not so good? Um, well, it's kind of an interesting, uh, interesting thing, right? Uh, to to figure out and to explore uh, just how this might be true in your context with with people who you know who are addicted to various things and activities, uh, or maybe you yourself, um, and and in this experiment is the cure, right? It's a, it's a, it's a healthier uh, relationship, heavy environment that breaks addiction, addiction, Um, relationships, things to do, right? Things that, that get you out of bed in the morning, things that, that, uh, light a fire under you, um, that, that make you excited, right? Um, being able to work in a job that brings you joy, to spend time with the people who make you uh, happy, um, to, to live a life of purpose where you're bringing joy to other people, right? I think it kind of obviously goes both ways. Um, finding, finding your um, ideal life uh is is what will will go a long way I think in helping you break addiction The problem is it seems to me that the, the current world we live in is designed in many ways to um, take away your ideal life to make your ideal life difficult and I think this is this is the the um, corruption that entered the world through sin, however you believe that entered into the world. Um, but the distrust the tr- distrust of God, uh, the, the distrust that God wants the best for you, and that he's working tirelessly for that. Uh, all, also known as the kingdom of God, right? The theology of the kingdom of God. That he is working night and day, 365 days a year to reconcile, in other words, to fix the relationships between himself and all mankind. Um, If you are suspicious that that he is actually wanting to do that and capable of doing that uh, and has promised that that will happen... Um, then I think you're gonna you're gonna naturally be suspicious of all kinds of relationships, and suspicion in a relationship is a relationship breaker, right? Trust, um, mutual trust, is what relationships are built on. Which of course, of course, that's cliche, right? Everybody knows that good relationships are built on trust. Um, so how do we? How do we gain the trust of those people we are in contact with uh, and how how do we trust them? Right. How can we, we be trustful and trustworthy at the same time? I, th- I think if we work on that, I think a lot of our relationships will begin to mend, especially if everybody's working working in this direction. Um, so, you know, breaking the change, chains of addiction uh, is incredibly difficult. And it, it, I think there's a, there's a saying that says it takes, it takes a village, you know. And I think getting, getting the right information out there, in other words, um, doing away with the 100-year-old experiment and, and picking up that 50-year-old experiment will go a long ways... Uh, to helping us understand what we need to be doing as a community to help those in our community who are addicted to various things. Um, And, and when we come together and believe the same set of values, uh, I think much good can be done uh, for those, for, for those people. And, and again, I think the the key is going to be acceptance and forgiveness. Uh, of course, confession, um, which which none none of none of which happens without trust, right? Without trust. And I think um, a good place to start with trust is faith, right? Faith, uh, having faith that uh, the Holy Spirit can guide us. Uh, even as we reveal our deepest, darkest secrets uh, to each other, that the Holy Spirit can guide us in in giving us the strength and then in helping bring healing uh, from those people from whom we need it most. Um, So just to kind of reiterate what I've been talking about for myself so I don't totally get off track, um, but it's the idea that that what's broken in this world can be mended in large part by fixing relationships, by having healthy, trust, uh, trust-based, loving relationships with our fellow man. And I would think as many of those as possible. Now, of course, we have the whole introvert-extrovert problem, right? Well, some people just don't want to spend time with people. Some people don't want a lot of Relationships. And I don't know what to say about that. I uh, obviously I could say things like, well, humans are obviously social beings, um, but there are obviously people who are not very social. And I don't know if if there are um, things that cause people to be introverted more than others. Or, you know, maybe we're talking about severe. Severely introverted people, what we call recluses uh, or hermits. Um, In Japan, they call them hikikomori, which are the the people who basically cut themselves from society and keep themselves uh, holed up in their room and and never come out to see the light of day. If If they can help it at all and never have human contact or as little as possible. There are people who try to live like this and only have one or two people in their life, and some have none. Some have zero human contact. Uh, So the question is, is that healthy? Um, Personality-wise, having done the Myers-Briggs thing, uh, I I am an extrovert but I'm the most introverted of all extroverts. So I guess that makes me middle of the road between introvert and extrovert. Um, I suppose that's what that means. I'm fairly comfortable around crowds, but I also like uh, time alone. You know, I can can do time alone for uh, long stretches of time. Um, It's not a big deal for me. But at the same time, I love people. Uh, But I guess my question is, and and maybe extroverts, extreme extroverts are the same problem as extreme introverts, uh, in that maybe the extremes are a little bit unhealthy. Uh, And the question is, can trust restore uh, people uh, back to a more socially healthy state of living, um, and I don't know, I hope so, that would, that, that would be what this uh, research seems to indicate, um, of course it's hard to say exactly what this research means, and I'm no psychologist or psychiatrist, so... Uh, but it was just something I, you know, listened to today. I thought it was really, really interesting. Um, relationships, really everything, uh, theologically speaking. Without relationship, there isn't anything. Uh, uh, I have found it. Uh, wow, what are they doing down there? That's kind of cool. If they're making a campground, would be a great place. Uh, sorry, that was. I totally got sidetracked. Um yeah. So I don't know what that means if you're an extreme introvert. I don't know what it would look like for you uh to have healthier relationships. Uh and and are extreme introverts more susceptible to addiction? I don't know that either. Or are extroverts more susceptible? Um, maybe certain kinds of things, for example, uh, I would, well, no, I don't think it would matter. I think there are, there are extroverted addicts and introverted addicts as well. Um, but the fact that healthy relationships can restore an addict back to society, I think is a. Such an important thing that I can't believe I'm just finding out about, um, which is quite frustrating. To know that you know that that research has not been um, jumped on and propagated, that the whole world isn't looking at that as the truth, and then and then ad- adjusting what we're doing with addicts drastically. I mean, I, I feel like. There should be a dramatic change in how we are interacting with addicts. Sorry, I'm a little parched. going to drink some water. Uh, So I'd like to put that out there. I'd love to hear what you guys think of uh, this concept. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, things that I've... uh, missed uh, that could be tied in. I'm, I'm just thinking of, for example, leaders who, who started off good and went bad. For example, Saul, uh, King Saul of, of Israel, who uh, started off appointed by God, but uh, later uh, started acting uh, unilaterally without uh, God's, um, not following God's guidance. And got into a lot of trouble, and eventually the relationship was was broken, and and pretty much he fell out of favor with God. This is the this is a story in the Old Testament. Now, exactly what that means, what we're supposed to learn from that, um, I'm not sure. Uh, I do believe that that God always knows best, but I also believe that God doesn't necessarily punish us when we uh, break the relationship between us and him, I don't think he punishes us. Uh, and that he, he does desire for the relationship to be mended, and he does everything he can to do that. Uh, but at the same time, we are autonomous beings in many ways. We, we make decisions, uh, and therefore we uh, have a right to the consequences of those decisions. Don't always make good decisions. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I, I, I would love to see addictions broken um, across the board. You know, I, being in Hawaii, I saw a lot of homeless people. Hawaii has a pretty big homeless problem. Uh, There's even talk that other states will actually buy plane tickets, one-way tickets, for their homeless people to go to Hawaii so that they can be uh, homeless in Hawaii, which has a much better climate for such a thing. It's presumably safe, and Hawaii is also a fairly blue state, so they they try to take care of their homeless, I think. Um, But so many homeless people are made homeless because of the broken connections in their lives, whether it's from a job you know, that they had once that they got fired from or uh, a divorce, something like this that the relationships cause them to go uh, into addiction and the addiction saps them of their money and their ability to do a job where they finally are fired and have no income whatsoever, but still have the addiction and they continue the, the lack of relationship with those they love continues to drive them into the addiction, Uh, and pretty soon they are homeless and on the street, and all they have is their addiction. The clothes on their back, and maybe a few things in a shopping cart, and their addiction. Uh, And they have no relationships, and the lack of relationships keeps them where they are, stuck in their addiction, unable to function any other way pretty much on a crash course for an early death um, and a wasted life. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is pretty solid research. I mean, the question for me now is what do I do about it? Um, Where I live in Japan, uh, for example, I just drove, I will have driven once I get there, about 40 minutes. I have not seen one homeless person. Uh, the same amount of driving in Hawaii I would have seen thirty or forty by now, just on my route um, easily. Uh, the question is where are i, I don 't think people in Japan who are homeless are more more likely hikikomori uh, hold up in a in a room somewhere they 're not out in the open. Uh, living on the land, uh, they are in a grandparents' house or a parents' house, and they're stuck in a room. So the question is, how how can I uh, begin to help those people find relationships? Right? Uh, what is it What does it take to to bring some kind of human connection? and human touch to those people. You know, Where are they, how do we find them? And how in my con- context can I begin to um, help be part of the solution to people who are ostracized, which thereby leads to addiction. Uh, the, one of the first places I can think of is that because I am a teacher, uh, I can look for those students who are uh, on the on the edges who are being marginalized who are alone uh, who for whatever reason are not played with or don't have friends or are made fun of uh, I can help them uh, and be uh, be a connection for them right help not only help other kids connect to them but just connect to them myself uh, and I think there are people like that no matter where we go that, that we can find that we can you know, just take aside every time we see them and say hey I want to know what's going on with you, how are you you know, how's life and uh, perhaps for me it would start making a list of those people who I regularly com- come in contact with uh, who would fit that bill in making sure to intentionally engage them as often as I can, Um, because there are certainly people who are prone to go down that road, who for whatever reason are not socially acceptable to others, uh, or who simply have not been given the skills to communicate well that's a possibility as well and so as a teacher I think that would be one of the best ways that I can help in that in that arena um, taking people who have pushed away who have been pushed away and, and, and coming near to them again right being some kind of human interaction broken relationships lead to addiction very simple formula. Broken relationships equal addiction. Of course, there's going to be all kinds of levels of broken relationships. Some may not seem broken. There may be things that are down below the surface that have been hidden. Um, So, yeah, I... certainly something I I would want to know about and explore. Um yeah so yeah I'm gonna close it right there. Um I hope that uh this is meaningful to you. If it is uh love to have a comment or a question or or an addition. Um help us continue the dialogue on this um but most of all i just hope it blesses you in some way big or small and uh i thank you for listening you guys have a great day bye-bye